Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Mitch, Jonathan, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Thanks for having us. I'm going to do it. Jonathan, what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> um, uh, so I had some uh, pancakes, uh, maple syrup, uh, sausages. Actually, had a rasher of bacon in there as well. Oh, That's it. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Market Business Podcast. Look, I'm really excited about having our chat because, um, firstly, very experienced in finance, and I think that's a big part of a business today is is understanding um, your finances and how you can maybe you know get more finance to grow your business, etc. I know a number of our our listeners will be interested in some of the, I guess, some of the insights to that industry. But let's start off with. Um, how you guys got started in this industry and, and I really want to know what you love about it. Yeah, for sure. So I mean like we um well we both met actually uh working at ANZ cool. uh as uh as bank managers many seemingly many, many moons ago. Yep. Um and for me that was actually my first um uh, first step into the to the world of finance. Yep. Um my experience beforehand had always been uh, sales, business management, um yeah, sales and business management really. So so why did why were you both at the ANZ? And like, was it just there's a job there you wanted to do it? Like, did, was there a career path that you were following? I mean, kind. Of, I mean, kind of. I'd always wanted to get into banking. I'd seen the movies, you know. Yeah. I'd seen the. It wasn't Wolf Wall Street back then, but it was like Boiler Room and things. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. banking looks like it. it's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> this looks great. What about you, Mitch? Um, yeah, so I always had an interest in business and finance. Um, so straight out of uni, got offered a job at the National Bank um, as an assistant business manager. Yeah, and um, yeah, really found my niche. Um, loved loved it. Yeah. yeah. Were you watching the same movies? <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> so, so a love for banking, well, interest in banking, um, and and like, how long were you both there? Were you both were obviously both there at the same time, but we starting to talk. Hey, I think we can do this better, or what? What, what was the? Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, I I kind of got in there and realised that the, probably the corporate world wasn't really suited for my personality. Yeah. Um, and always wanted to exit, but just knowing what to exit to was probably yeah. the, the the harder thing. To be fair, at the bank, I don't think we ever talked once about starting a business together, oh, wow. not one time. Um, and so I left the bank after about three and a half years. So I left the bank in 2016 yep. uh, to go out on my own. Um, but then it wasn't until 2017 that we started having a chat together about yep. actually um, yeah, starting a business. Wow. So, yeah. so um, for you, Mitch, obviously, um, same time period, or were you there a bit longer? Yeah. Have you progressed up the rankings, or what was your what was the corporate world feel for you? Yeah. So, um, I spent five years at the bank, um, business banking the whole time. Yep. Um, finished my time as a business banking manager. Yep. Um, so I held that role for would have been three or four years. So, what what did you deal with on a day to day in business banking? You're talking to business owners every day. What, what was the deal there? Yeah, so we looked after maybe around 100 or so business clients. Wow. Um, so, help them with all their needs. Um, you know, property lending, business yep. lending, day to day banking requirements. Yep. Um, so, yeah, met a lot of interesting people. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the biggest deals you guys ever did back then? Like, were you doing? Oh, I mean, like most of it, to be honest with you, most of it was my my business set was mostly property manager, uh, yep. property investors. Sorry, yep. so. It was all yeah property transactions, so it was you know you know maybe in the millions yeah. um, uh, at a go, but yeah, that was a nice. not not the billions. Yeah, yeah, similar. Um, yeah. So I did a lot in the automotive industry. Yeah. Um, obviously got a passion for cars and yeah, we'll vehicles. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I sort of targeted that. Ended up dealing with a lot of people, um, you know, and help them whether they were you know borrowing money to expand their business. Yeah. 
um, commercial property, nice. everything like that. So, were well, there some common themes that you'd come up against in, in that corporate world? What, what you know, some maybe some roadblocks or some things that you didn't like that you thought, hey, you know, maybe this, this, you know, you, you've said this is not for you. And I kind of got the same feeling when I was working in the corporate world. Um, was there things that came up you thought, oh, I can probably do that better, or I just it was, this wasn't you as a gut feel? What was that? Um, yeah, I think it was just the you're basically trying to please the person who you report to. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. an endless endless pleasing of the uh, person you report to yeah. rather than actually doing the best thing either for the yeah. customer or perhaps even just like actually doing things wow. that are possible. Yeah. You know? That's so, an interesting takeaway, right? Yeah. Because I could see... I could see that happen in the corporate world. I saw it was like a, it was like a 250k salary um, where no one made any decisions. <laughs> Everyone underneath was trying to please that person up there, but that person never made any decisions. Why? Because they couldn't afford to lose that 250k, right? Like it was just a, it was a roundabout that people were just, yeah, or well, hamster wheel to some degree. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so ANZ uh, been there a number of years. 2017, you start talking. What do you start talking about? <laughs> so I was actually on a um, golf day. Yeah. So we um, had a few beers and yeah. we're both in the industry, um, you know, separately. Yeah. We sort of discussed maybe we could do things better and have a bit of scale if we join forces. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess the seed was planted. So were you both doing your own things at that time? Yeah, so we're both um, uh, mortgage advisors independently. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, at the time. That's awesome. So who's the better golfer? Oh, 100% me. This, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mitch is no good. <laughs> Actually, I haven't got him on the course since, I think. Mitch was there. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know, Mitch. <laughs> um, so, on a golf course, decide, hey, like, okay, should we have a chat about what we can do and, and how we're going to do it? Like, you know, what, what's the, did you have anything in mind that you're going to bring to the market or was it just joining forces together and let's do this? No, I, th- I mean, I think it wasn't on the golf course that those decisions were made. I think it was like, oh, I think this is a good idea. We should flesh it out further. Yeah. And then from there, I think in the coming months, I think it was January through February, we kind of just fleshed out exactly what we wanted to do. Cool. Um, you know, products we wanted to offer, all the rest of it. So, nice. Yeah. And how did you pick the name, Nine Yards? Oh, it was, that was a challenge, actually. There was, yeah. a, there was a few beers involved. <laughs> and, and then we forgot what the name was and we had to repeat the same thing uh, again actually just to jog the memory so it was it was more around like um being able to provide services you know the whole nine yards go the whole yeah. nine yards for your client right yeah. so do cover this whole scope of um financial services so yeah. be it your mortgage insurance uh into some of the investments um and you know whether it's personal business whatever you know yeah uh, just be able to do do the whole lot it's quite cool now to see some of the reviews that you guys get that people say hey that you know you guys do the, the full nine yards right because <laughs> yeah. it's quite a, that's quite a saying right <laughs> yeah nine yards go the nine yards you know go go all the way so um and and so okay you've got your name uh, you've got some products that you're going to sell um and you start getting out into it again like you you formed a company and you're, you're away laughing yeah, so it's probably well, probably met up maybe th- over three or four months, mm. yep. um, and then basically after that, yeah, we got an office, got premises, yep. started, and then, then we're into it. So when was this? Two thousand eighteen or two thousand? February February twenty eighteen. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And so office, and you're away laughing. What what, what were some of the challenges you had growing, you know, getting the business off the ground? Like what what were some of the things that you've come across? Um, well, I mean, like to, even just to start with, right? Yep. Um, uh, we started an eleven square meter office. So if you can imagine what that looks like, it's basically a yeah. it's, it's some people's wardrobe. Yeah. Um, uh, um, we we're without any real tech, so we were talking on phones. That if we were both on the phone at the same time, every customer could basically hear everyone else's yeah. conversation. Yeah. Like you know the print. You if the printer was 
Oh, basic. No, we're, we're writing <laughs> through. It was just a skinny uh, like wardrobe. Um, you know, so I guess it was a, those those initial things. Couldn't actually have clients come and meet us at the office yep. and things. Um, had you changed the target market? Were you still dealing with business owners, or were you moving more um, or property investors, or were you moving more to the mums and dads, or the you know what we? We were probably still focusing a lot on the business yep. uh, owners at that at that stage. Um, the market for us was definitely in that space. Yep. Uh, and credit policy was favourable for us, yep. probably in that space as well. Yep. Um, when you talk about credit policy, what do you mean by that? Um, I guess just how the banks make decisions about when they yep. lend and where they lend and yep. who they lend to. Um, the banks were, you know, 2018, the banks were pretty open to um, businesses. You know, there yep. was no recession looming or anything yep. along those kind of lines at the, at the time. So, um, yeah, businesses were, were seen pretty favourable yep. at the time. And would you say that's not so much the case today or is it harder to get finance? What's your... I think we probably narrowed our market a little bit too much. Yep. Um, so, like, the first home buyers over the last few years has been a strong market for us. Yep. So we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves just to dealing yep. with business mm-hmm. owners. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely dealing with a lot more individuals now. Yep. So. so you've learned that. You know, from from you know growing your business that how you needed to scale out a wee bit. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, yeah, yeah. I think um uh, you know because a lot of people's advice was you know get into a niche, find a niche, niche, yeah, niche, yeah. niche, niche, niche it down, niche it down. Yeah. And so we actually found that by expanding the offering, um, uh, um, it worked a lot better, and we actually got ended up getting more quality referrals from existing clients. Oh, good. Yeah, it's good to actually go and do stuff, right? Like people say, oh, you know, as you say, you should niche, you should niche, but. You know, if, if you want to go and go into another market, go and do it. Find out for yourself. Always say to people, you know, you're not you're not your customer. You're not buying from you. You mm-hmm. know, like you need to go out and find what the marketplace is willing to pay you. You know, and who's wanting to pay you. So that's a good takeaway. What what do you so what is it about the finance game that you love helping people with though? What's your you know? I think it's taking someone from an initial idea or a um, you know whether it is buying their first house or, or buying a business or an asset. Yep. And following that through right to the end. Yep. Um, it's been basically, you know, it's really rewarding to see someone who comes into your office. They know nothing. Yeah, yeah. They leave and they know something. Yeah, um, true. And they know they've got someone to, you know, that's going to help them along the way. Yeah. Um, and then turn their dreams in, into a reality, basically. So it's very cool. Mm. And it's that hey, and obviously people put a lot of trust in you guys. You know, how do you deal with that side of things? Like, what's your, you know, because you, a lot of people, you probably find in the initial conversation, did they, did they tell you everything? What's how, how does that all? Yeah, I think you've got to try and break it down and not confuse people. So there's a lot of jargon in the industry, yeah. and that's confusing for people and overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so I think if we bring it down to their level, make yeah. things easy to understand. Nice. Um, and I think it's one of those things too where um, it is overwhelming, but in the background we make it so easy for them that yeah. they don't actually sort of see what goes on. Yeah, true. And they don't need to know that we're running 100 miles an hour behind the scenes. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great like a great insight too as well. Jargon's massive in most industries, mm. you know. Uh, we have it announced, you know, and 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 I guess when you're in it all the time, you don't probably well, you just don't see it, you know. Yeah. You don't see it. So, how, what have you done to to actually get past that and and I guess not dumb it down, but make it more personable for people? Like, you know, does that just come from experience, or have you sat down and go, hey, probably shouldn't use this word or shouldn't use this word? Or no, ever, I think give a sheet that you give people whatever. See, I think that um, I mean, part of it's experience, right? So you deal with you know heaps of people, you kind of yeah. figure out what's what's work, what works and what doesn't. The other one is we're we're massive um, uh, um, proponents for meeting face to face. Yep. So don't do it over Zoom, don't do it over the phone, don't yeah. do it over email. If you can, do it face to face. Yep. Uh, and you can actually see on people's faces if they understand or not. Yes. You know, and if they don't understand, you can tell straight away, you just you just go deeper. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, has been a, a big one for our yeah. clients. Um, it, it just makes life so much easier for us yeah. to... 
to actually get them to understand. That's a great takeaway, right? Like, because a lot of people are doing the Zooms and all that sort of stuff now. Because of COVID, everyone's found that it's easy, but doing things easy is not necessarily better Mm. for for people, right? And Mm. you're right. You can tell from expressions. You can tell from the way they're feeling. Um, So... Does that cost you more to do that? Like, does it cost you more time? Is it, you know, what, what is it? Or um, you just see it's part of the business and, you know, it's weird. It's kind of, I would say, if you look at the banking industry, they've gone completely away from that, yep. meeting people face to face. To some degree, they just want to shut the door and don't want any, any of their customers to come in. Yeah. You know? So you guys are doing the opposite. Is that why you, you are becoming more successful at this? Yeah, I mean, I think potentially it's easier to use the online application forms and the Zoom and not actually yeah. meet the client, but the, you don't build a good connection. Yeah. Um, and things like Jonathan said about getting referrals, you know, yes. yeah. that's important. Um, so, yeah, definitely face-to-face. It probably it probably does take a little bit more time than actually sending them yeah. an online app and, and doing it. Do you get shopped quite a lot in your industry? Um, like, so if they come to you, they go to someone else, or is it generally, Interesting. Yeah. you know, like, does that happen? Because I'd say face-to-face would probably cut that out, right? It happens a lot less, I think, than when we probably first started. Yep. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't had it for, for a while, and we're pretty upfront nowadays. You yeah. know, look, it, you, basically, if you're going to shop around, we, we can only deal with one person at a, at a, at a time. Yeah. You know, if you're going to compete, you know, go two against, uh, two against uh, you know, pit two brokers against uh, yeah. each other, then, I mean, like, we don't have time to basically no. play games. No, no, no. no <laughs> so. <true. laughs> and, and to get that across in a meeting, like, face-to-face is, That'd be pretty like easy to do versus mm. someone could probably hide behind a screen and tell you what they want to hear because you know it's easy for them to do to do that. Mm. So what a like okay, you have an initial meeting, mm-hmm. uh, you get all the information. What's the process and what do people go through? And I guess one of the things I like to learn about, and and I know my listeners do it as well, is around the process. Um, because one thing I like to tell tell my guests is like. You're gonna. You've done this transaction fifty times, a hundred times. The person coming to see you has only probably done this once. So, what are some of the insights you can give them to put them at ease um, before they even come and see you? Look, I think uh, one of the things that people get real stressed out about is the amount of documentation that you need yep. to actually do the loan application. Yep. Now, we don't need that from absolute day one. Yep. Um, uh, and most of it's available digital, so you don't need to print it out. You don't need yeah, to, yeah. you know, rescan documents and things. You can just send the digital copies nowadays. Nice. Um, or even sometimes photos are fine. Um, uh, uh, so that kind of stuff we can do after the meeting. But I reckon that's probably one of the biggest pain points is, you know, look, I need three months bank statements, yeah. you know, six months mortgage statements, I need three months credit card. So it's like, oh, this is just getting too overwhelming. All those roadblocks, right? Yeah, yeah, but when you break it down, you say, all right, well, you know, here's the computer. This is where you find all your statements. Tick, 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 and then just Easy. automatically download. It's yeah. actually really simple. Yeah. But they've just never had to look for it before. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you guys have done it. You know where to look. Mm. You know, they don't their first time. They're like, <laughs> it's like it's, your brain freezes just thinking about it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that you show them and tell them at the same time. I think that's really, really important. Easier to do in front of the customer, too, right? Yeah, 100%. I know in our industry, you know, trying to get passwords and all that sort of stuff and access to different things. It's easier to do it face-to-face <laughs> versus trying to do it over, over the internet or over the yeah. um, What are some of the key learnings from you, Mitch, uh, when it comes to you know the process that you go through and helping people? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it, sort of following on from your last question, um, people come in and they actually don't expect that they're going to get what they want. So they might think it is a bit of a pipe dream. Oh, really? So if initially we can talk to them and say, hey, you can't actually afford this Six hundred thousand dollar house. Oh wow, we never thought that was possible. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of gives them a bit of incentive and motivation, yeah. you know, to come up with the rest of the information as yeah, well. Yeah, true. 
That's a, that's a great that's a great insight because obviously people come in thinking, hey, I can afford this, but obviously the different banks give you different thresholds and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, and I guess there's a good time to ask. What about credit ratings? How does how does a credit rating affect people? Is it a thing? You know, like in America and stuff, you hear about credit ratings. Is it a, is it a thing when it comes to finances for personal credit ratings here? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, credit ratings do matter. Um, uh, I mean, credit rating essentially is just a, a score that you have uh, as an individual yep. or as a business um, uh, um, to show other lenders uh, essentially how good you are at yep. uh, repaying your debts. And so in New Zealand, we have, um, I believe it's called an open uh, credit rating, yep. which basically means that every time you pay your bill, yep. it's good for your credit score. Yep. Every time you miss a uh, bill payment, it's bad for your credit score. Oh, wow. So um, it goes for your Vodafone, um, uh, you know, for your, for your phone bill, it goes for your uh, power bill, oh. as much as it goes for like your actual loans as well. And how does that track? Is there like a central system that yeah. tracks all that? And like, so if you, can you pay your bill, pay your bill, not pay your bill? goes backwards but then if you pay your bill it goes upwards like how does it is it like a yeah it, scale? it does yeah it, move, it moves up and down but yeah and the banks can see literally uh 18 24 months in the past exactly oh. what months you missed what bills yep um and everyone just feeds into the same scoring system and what are they looking for then so they're just looking for patterns are they looking for hey credit worthiness what what's the yeah, the big one's probably um, patterns. So if you've got patterns of missing payments, yep. um, uh, that's not good if we want to give you, you know, half a million dollars worth of yeah. uh, worth, of, worth of debt. Um, uh, also, it's just a good place to actually start. If we did miss a bill payment, what's the, is there an explanation for this? Yep. You know, um, did you move house at this at the time? Were you overseas? Yeah, you know, what? Some, you know, sometimes there are all honest mistakes yeah. uh, that get made. You know, you, you change credit card, your direct debit dropped off, or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where the, the kind of the history comes. So in. most people probably wouldn't know that, though, right? They'd probably come in and don't really think credit score is a thing. Uh, I mean, you know, if you if you got a bad credit score, you'll know. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> is that because you've applied for so many things? Yeah, you know? probably. Like, I don't even know if I know what my credit score. No, is. And, that, you know, and, that, like, and that's fine. I mean, um, you can check uh, yourself online for free. It's cool. and it's that's fine. Whereabouts? Um, it's a mighty fine question. You probably have to Google that one. I can't tell you <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? um, but it do, but actually, checking doesn't affect your credit score. Yeah. Um, uh, um, whereas if you were to apply. For a loan, uh, and and you know, apply for multiple loans. That yeah. actually does affect your credit yeah. score. I remember back in the day when I was working at Bond and Bond, it was owned by Pacific Retail Finance, and you'd go to get someone, you know, some they'd want to buy something on twelve months or eighteen months, um, and they'd get them turned down. And and they, can you? But you, yeah, you guys would be old enough to know what it would have. Bond and Bond. I know Bond and Bond. Which might not put it in Bond and Bond. <laughs> what would they have got turned down on on their on their credit score? What would they have not paid? Everyone had to pay it back in the day, and every like in the amount of people that didn't pay it was uh, like TV licenses TV or something. License, yeah, TV license. Yeah. Man, I'm so old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember one day at our flat, the lady come around and asked us. Um, how many TVs do you have? In, and I thought it was a weird question. I said, Zero. Oh, I said four. <laughs> My flatmates came home later, and I said about this lady coming around. I said, "You didn't tell us about the TV." Yeah, our TVs are just yeah, so we had four. Yeah, no doubt. Two weeks later, we've got a bill for a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And guarantee they didn't get paid. Um, but that was that affected people's credit scores. Crazy, right? Mm. Like how people would get affected by that. So okay, so if you've got a, well, what are some of the things you can do if you have a bad credit rate? What can you then do to to help that? Obviously, is obvious one is pay your bills. Mm. Yeah, the first thing to be would be to check your credit score and see yep. where you're falling down. Yep. And then look to rectify that. 
Yep. Um, so it might be, yeah, you're going into overdraft on your bank, but you don't actually have an overdraft or you miss. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Your wages come in um, after your power bill goes out, something like that. Got it. So just some minor adjustments can actually have quite a big impact. Yeah, yeah. And do you do you guys look at that sort of stuff and go, hey, here's where you could clean that up and here's how you could make do that better? Is that yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I guess it's not an issue in, until it's an issue, yeah. if you know what I mean. So we're not credit checking everyone before we apply for a loan. No, but, but, but how much does it affect someone's ability to borrow, say, you know, Maybe going from five hundred k to six hundred k, would it would it would it make a difference there? Or it's it seems it's more of a yes or no, okay, rather than a, a, a yeah, it's more of a yes or no uh, kind yeah. of thing. Um, in the commercial sector, it's probably more of it's a bit more of a grey area, yep. But it will affect your interest rates uh, okay. significantly. Yeah. And that obviously down the line is a lot of money, right? Mm. Obviously, you know, because if you can get a cheaper interest rate, so is that where it really affects like? especially in that commercial sector, if you've got a better credit rating, you get a better interest rate, is that? Yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. especially even like private motor vehicle purchases as well. Yep. Um, a lot of the lenders tie their interest rate to your credit score. Okay. So it's basically a risk versus return for them. Yeah, yeah. And that's becoming more and more common. And is that quite like widespread? Do people know that when, when they go to probably go down to Hutchies and get a car or something like that? Uh, I mean, like probably not. No. Um, uh, I mean, like, yeah. But is that where you guys can come in and help people? Like saying, hey, you know, if you fixed this and came back, or here's you know here's where it, you could actually improve. Yeah, hundred percent. It's also knowing what what the right lender to use for that particular client is as well. Yeah, especially when it comes to the credit rating. Yeah, yeah. What about so recently we've had a number of changes in the in the marketplace with legislation and stuff. How have you seen that play out in in, in your role and as in business? Like, I mean, <laughs> has it been a headache, or is it like it? And, and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on um, how it's played out over probably the last twelve months. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like banking policy changes endlessly, yep. right? So sometimes it's legislation driven, other times it's just internal. Um, uh, so we're endlessly having to adjust our business, um, uh, uh, who we can actually target, who we can talk to, how we can talk to them um, uh, to uh, to meet the market, I guess, or yep. to meet the meet the updating regulations and, and yep. compliance and things. Um, look, the changes that happened, the triple CFA changes that happened didn't really affect us, I don't think, in our marketplace too much because yep. we were dealing with top quality clients from uh, to start with. Yep. Um, uh, and they were all, you know, we, yeah, that's just who we, who we kind of dealt with. Um, but I do know a number of people who were affected. Yeah. Probably because they were dealing with um, people who are either on the borderline or, yep. or, or not. So making it harder for them to get loans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and the other ones that changed probably in that COVID area uh, were the LVR restrictions for investment properties. Yep. So it went back to the old days of 20% um, uh, deposit required and people jumped on it big time. And then there was a flick of a switch and it was back to 40%. And, uh, you know, that that basically, again, killed the market for existing uh, investment properties. And do you you think those policies are bought out to do that? Is that that their initial intention or, or does it just actually go the other way? I think particularly around property investment, there was concern that investors were beating first home buyers. Yep. And we've definitely seen a lot of investors pull out of the market, yep. first home buyers re-enter. Yep. Um, I guess it's hard to tell how much of that is due to those restrictions, yep. but yeah, the market's definitely changed. But you still have to have that 40%, right, if you're a first home buyer, you know? For an investment property, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and also 20% is, I guess it's a golden rule for buying, you know, yeah. a normal residential house. Yeah. Um, but we are doing loans with as little as 5% deposit yep. for first-time buyers, which a lot of people don't know about. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that because I know uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of young viewers that, that obviously want to get ahead there. So, well, let's actually, let's dive into that because I'm keen to talk about some success stories we've had. And let's talk, have you got a couple there, well, maybe one we can talk about, um, you know, first-time buyers and how and how you've helped them and, and obviously what is it right now that you can do to help them? Yeah, so particularly um, is around the loan, it's called the first-time loan scheme, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of administered by the government um, through a number of banks. Yep. Um, so yeah, that allows as little as 5% deposit, nice. which a lot of people don't know about. So, you know, you've got your $500,000 house, yep. $25,000. There's two of you, that's only 12500 each in KiwiSaver. Nice. So it's extremely achievable. So you can use the KiwiSaver as part of that uh, 5%? Correct. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. And um, so previously they did have a price cap um, for that. So basically a maximum spend yep. under that scheme. Um, we're finding a lot of clients couldn't find properties, particularly when the market shifted. Yes. Um, so the government recently removed that cap. And basically, so long as you can afford the loan, you can spend what you want. Oh, wow. Yeah, which made a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because what was the cap originally? Um, so it was 550, uh, 500 for an existing house, 550 for a new house. Oh, wow. So we had a lot of clients that could afford the debt. Um, but couldn't get under the cap, yeah, right? Yeah, because they didn't have the right deposit. Exactly. So. 550. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially once that change was made, the floodgates opened and we could help substantially yeah. more people. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. Uh, and obviously KiwiSaver is a big part of that. And what do they have to do to qualify there with KiwiSaver? What's the... Um, so minimum three years in yep. KiwiSaver. Yep. Um, and that's more or less it. There are some requirements around income as yep. well. Um, but yeah, most first-time buyers are meeting those requirements. So. Yeah, yeah. And obviously if you've got a partner, you can... Do they have to be... you have to be married or just... No, you don't have to be married. Yep. No, you don't. Um, yeah, you can be... Uh, you can literally co-own, co-own. I guess. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm. Um, okay, so that's a that's a massive change then. Um, what are some of the what's the success stories guys you guys have had there with with some people? Like, um, did people come in and obviously you'd be pretty like blown away knowing that now? Like, do you get people like finally we can get on the property later? <laughs> <laughs> people must be because it's quite you know I know we're talking from number of young people employ young people mm. they're quite exhausted by this whole yeah and the way the things change so. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think um, uh, a lot of our, a lot of my clients who will come in, they've already searched on Google, like what they what they can do, what they can't yep. do, kind of thing. We basically just help piece all of that information together and yep. make it real succinct, and just go, this is actually what you can yep. what you can do, where we can do it, and how we can go ahead and, yep. and make it work. Um, so that they're actually slightly more educated, perhaps, than um, maybe in years gone by. Yep. Um, but um yeah i mean you know we've had i mean one of my clients we had just last year i had to put them on basically a three-month budget program yep um to get their bank accounts in order um uh, just so that we could uh apply and uh, i mean like you know they were they were committed enough they were disciplined enough to do it yeah um but that's what got them over the line because they got declined the first time yeah um but we just put them on the program and yeah. Um, so, so the banks were looking at how much they were spending. Yeah, and they were. I mean, they were young guys. They didn't. They didn't care what they spent their money on. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah they yeah. spent all of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. And because you did hear stories that banks were looking at individual transactions and stuff like that. Was was that what they were looking at? And yeah. Was that their intention, or was it just, hey, we need to slow this down, or you know, what what was their intention? Around? Yeah. So I think with the initial changes the government made around. Um, you know, like some of the lending restrictions mm. probably reached too far. Yeah. Um, and there was cases where, you know, the banks were overlooking at spending basically and people were being declined that perhaps shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and that's since changed and relaxed, yeah. um, which we found has been a lot easier and we're getting yeah. a lot more people approved. Yeah. 
I guess it's you know from a you know if you look at it from a consumer's perspective, um, and also your perspective, if you've got someone who's actually motivated to do it, setting them up for a three month. They're going to become out of that three months better mm. for owning it, the ability to own a home, right? Yeah. As well, because well, they say they, I mean those guys in three months saved an extra ten thousand dollars. Wow, you know, so it was wow. yeah. So I mean, like it was it wasn't it wasn't rocket science yeah. for them. It was like when they actually saw it, it was like oh, this is actually really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably and still had a cool lifestyle and did what they want. I mean, it wasn't that cool, but <laughs> 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 but they got a house now, so they it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they got a flat. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's a cool. That's a great. That's a what. What about other stories like that? Have you got other cool things? Because it sounds like a you know people will listen to this and they'll go, oh, that that's great. But like actually, three months is not that long. No. To get yourself into ship shape. Could and like, do you check in on them? How does that work? Like, what are you doing there? Um, yeah, those guys were pretty so motivated. They were basically telling me they were ring me up once a month saying like, this is what we spent. Does it gonna matter? Boom. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So they were super committed. Um, yeah. Whereas others will just quietly go away and and, yeah. and do it. And three months later, we're 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 away laughing. Um, That's so good. Yeah, but I mean, like. Um, yeah, I guess each every client's completely different, right? Yeah. You just don't know what you're going to get when they walk through the door. Yeah. And so you just kind of have to deal with it. Everyone deals with money differently too, right? Like mm-hmm. money's a – how do you breach that topic? Because any of that, you're dealing with money. Like how, do you come across different personalities all the time with money? And are some people open about it, some people not? Like, you know, I know, um, you know, for me personally, me and my wife – you know, we've done a lot of work to be open about money, but I know my parents were never mm. open about money, you know. Like, so how, how have you seen that change over the years? Yeah, I think people were a lot more open um, than in the past. Yeah. I guess we're quite comfortable talking about it because we've grown up around it and yeah. deal with it day to day. Yeah. Um, most people are pretty open if they want you to help them. Mm. Um, yeah. What do you what do you see as some of them, I guess, challenges people have around money? Is it? It's, it's debt. It always yeah. comes back to the old yeah. school mentality, yeah. no. Um, we don't have debt, you know, this household, we, we, we don't have any debt whatsoever. And debt's good and bad. I mean, yeah. like uh, when you think about it, if you wanted to buy a house, you just can't buy it cash. You can't save quick enough no. to, buy, to buy a house. So you have to use some debt. So, I mean, there's good debt and bad debt. Yeah. Um, I would generally say that if you're ticking up a TV, it's probably not great debt. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and we're seeing a lot of people, um, well, I'm seeing actually more and more people more recently as, as kind of inflation's probably kicking in. Mm not meeting their payments on things like afterpay. Yes. So, you know, you've got six you weeks that, or whatever yeah. to, to pay. Yeah. Oh, is it four weeks or six weeks yeah. to pay? Whatever it is, when it's interest-free, and they're not making it anymore. Yeah. So they're clicking over into the 20-something percent. Wow. And, and so where they didn't have a credit card before, yeah. they now do, just, just called afterpay, yeah. basically. So afterpay is an interesting one too, right, because it doesn't come under some of the credit criteria because it's essentially interest-free. Um, for a lot of people. So their, their challenges around like the payday loans and all that sort of stuff that got squashed was because they were charging huge amounts of interest. Their, their afterpay doesn't come into that because it's a basically an interest-free transaction. But as you say, inflation's happened. People are now going, oh, I can't afford that. So we're straight into 20%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're, I guess we've always treated afterpay as kind of like a credit card. Yeah. Because credit cards effectively have, most of them have up to like 50 days, 55 days kind of yep. interest-free. Um, uh, and then when you don't meet that, you pay 19%, 20% interest. Yeah. Um, and so we'd always treated them basically as a credit card yeah. um, uh, um, as far as, you know, dealing with them as far as, you know, for credit approvals. Yeah. Um, uh, now, though, it's it's just coming to the point where, you know, 
they're actually paying the 20% interest rate. Yeah. Whereas before, they, you know, most of the time people were meeting it that we were seeing anyway. Have you seen an increase in um, more people with afterpay and the hum and whatever these other things are? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and these are the same people who don't have credit cards. Yeah. So they'll they'll absolutely not. I don't believe in credit cards. Hate them. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But they've they've all got afterpay yeah. zip. Whatever else. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Because it used to be called layby back in the day. Right? <laughs> like people would come in. Yeah. But they couldn't get the. You wouldn't get it until you paid it. Yeah. You know. Where now you get the you, item. You get it. Yeah. I was talking to a guy about this, and and we were talking how maybe that's changed people's attitudes as well. Like back in the day, if you wanted something, you had to work hard, save up the money, and buy it. Now you can actually just go get it, you know. Yeah. If it's under two grand, you can just go get it. Like <laughs> you can pay whatever you want to pay, four yeah. months, whatever it is. Um, do you think the mindset around that's changed for a lot of people? Like they've made. I mean, stuff. I mean, to be fair, we're in that industry, right? So I mean, like if you want a car, you can't afford. Yeah. You just finance it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've been seeing it for a number of years now. Um, where you just go ahead and buy what you want, and you yeah. pay it back later on. You know, yeah. That's what credit cards are for and stuff. So, yeah. um, I think it's been an ongoing mindset change, to yeah. be fair. Um, but the, you know, we still get people who live within their means. You know, um, you know, save money at the end of each month yeah. and all the rest of it as well. So, I think everyone's an individual. Like, yeah. it's pretty hard to group. I find it hard, anyways, to group yeah. people together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess then, if people want to buy it, what's going to you know, because they can afford the repayments. Yeah. I do remember working at Bonnet Bon and, and like the guy handed me the calculator. Um, Darren, it was my second day. And he goes, here's, I'll show you how to use this calculator. And it was a scientific calculator, but he said, you only need like four buttons. And he said, you just show people how to buy. He says, that over there, that TV, that fridge, that, you know, you just show them how to buy. And always put the warranty when you show them the weekly <laughs> price. And it was unbelievable. You know, people had in their mind what they can afford weekly. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Do mm-hmm. you find that as well? Like people have an idea, like when they come to get finance, they've got a what they can afford kind of scenario going on. Yeah, probably say that more um, around like the vehicle loans yep. as opposed to the house. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, interesting, the weekly payment and that's it. Yeah. Interest rate's probably, you know, not so relevant. Not so relevant. Yeah. It's what they can afford. And also obviously the car that they want. Yeah, know? of course. Um, <laughs> There's obviously, you know, the driver in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so when it comes to, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about marketing and let's talk about what frustrates you guys about marketing or, and, and you can talk about marketing of your industry, marketing of the products that you sell or marketing of, of even some of the products that people buy, you know, like um, when it comes to when it comes to what your clients are buying. You know? mm. I mean, like, I think one of the, the, the biggest frustrations is how do you make finance or getting loans and insurance sexy yeah you know yeah um i mean like um you know money's great and all people like spending it and having it yeah. and things but how do you stand out how do you make it uh how do you make it uh sexy and then uh, insurance i mean like i'm not even sure that's possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know um uh, so yeah i think there's uh, yeah that is a real frustration mm. like, you know how do you actually make it because it is something that's very important yeah but it's making it's getting other people as interested maybe as we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Getting other people as interested because it's interesting. Like you, you guys probably only really become relevant when someone needs to transact, right? So mm-hmm. the challenge for you guys is to have that consistency of message, that frequency of reach to become over time relevant to that to your target market. Uh, and yeah, standing out is is one of those one of those hard ones. And you definitely see it, you know, with insurance and stuff like that. You, the, loads of businesses run ads and all that sort of stuff. But for a lot of people, that's just white noise, right? Mm. You can really see it. 
Have you seen anyone doing it and advertising really well, either outside your industry or or inside the industry that you? That I mean, I mean, I I love what Formula One's become. Yeah. You know, uh, I know we're going to talk about motorsport later, but, you know, I think it was uh, Liberty Media took them over and yeah. basically gave everyone a full insight into the lives of a Formula One yeah. driver. You yeah. know, Netflix drives his wife came along. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone's kind of uh, kind of into it. And I think that's a change from it's a sport to you're now involved in these people's lives. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, kind of thing. I think they've done a fantastic job. That's the only one I can really think of that really yeah. stands out for me. Though. But it, but it is right, and like if you have a product inside that, say your Red Bull or Mercedes, or you know, all of a sudden you're getting huge te- attention mm. on your on your brand, mm. um, and people are seeing one thing. One thing I think is, and it's something I thought about for you guys is you very real, right? So when you look at your marketing, the more real you can be, the more involved you can be, and being real is better because that's what they've done with Drive to Survive. You know, they're, they're putting real people and putting a camera in front of it. Mm. You know, we've seen it for years with reality TV, like it or not like it, but, you know, that's essentially what this is. There's a lot of drama there. Yeah. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of, uh, well, also, business uh, people have picked a side. Mm. You know, you're either in one camp or in the other campaign. Yeah. You know, so it creates a them and us, which I think is, which, which adds to that tension. We could always do yeah. a tension piece with me and Mitch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we could. So, so who's the better driver? <laughs> well, I've got to say it's probably Mitch. To be honest with you. <laughs> so I'm better a better golfer. golfer. I'm the easier better driver, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to talking about, um, about, about your motorsport. But, okay, so that's, a, that's an, interesting, it's an interesting thing, though, because it is marketing at the end of the day. Like, it is a – people think, oh, it's, it's, it's Netflix and it's a series to watch, but it actually is marketing. Mm. How, how, much, how many more people have watched – uh, if one now because of it. like the well, I talk to people every day that are like the road, like right? fans you know yeah. that um that never were before yeah. Drive to Five came out yeah. you know so yeah. um it's pretty cool I mean I'm a big F one fan so and it's interesting <laughs> to see the model now is, ch- is rolling into tennis you know, yeah it's rolling into football it's rolling into cricket you know there's a whole bunch of other mm. other um, sports starting to do it now as well which is you know that's a positive what about for you Mitch like um, what sort of yeah so I think um. It's, it's not really a product. Well, we we are offering a product, but yeah. um, it comes down to the people. So yeah. it's us that we we have to promote. Yeah, and it's us that have to have the relationships. Yeah, um, I think you find a lot of people, um, the friends group they're, they're in, they're all buying houses at the same time. Yeah, so we've got to get in there and make sure we do a good job for those clients. Yeah, true. And then we get the, get those friends at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, um, so that's pretty important. Yeah, looking after someone is one of your biggest assets, right? One hundred percent. Now you read your reviews. Um, on, on Google there, you definitely you can definitely see that, you know, looked after, hey, we got referred, blah, 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 one of our friends, and, you know, you guys look, looked after people really, really well, which is, you know, understated in the world we live in at the moment, you know, like it's, there's a lot of shortcuts being taken, <laughs> but if you look after people, you, you earn the right to get that referral, which is awesome. Hey, so let's talk a little bit about mindset, because um, I, I, for me, um I think as a business owner, uh, how you show up and how you turn up is a lot to do with your personal mindsets. Um, so let's talk about that and, and maybe share some tips that you guys had because you're both driven people, right? Like you, you come across, uh, we've known you guys for a while, and you're very driven at what you want to achieve. You know, focus on helping people. Um, so where did that where did that come from for both of you? Yeah. So I mean, like I, um, uh, let me see. So I've, I guess for a long time, I think I've just had a mindset of either do or, 
or don't do. Yep. You know, um, nice. so, and I think that's come from being a, like, right back when I was a, a teenager. So I had a, I had a, I had a stroke when I was 17. Oh. And so spent ages in hospital recovering and, and outpatient and all the rest of it. And like, you just see the guys who didn't do, yeah, basically didn't become anything or didn't, yeah. you know, there's. So when you talked about that, you talk about the rehab that you. Yeah, rehab. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was basically you either do it. Yeah. Or you don't do it, yeah. and if you do it, you can, you know, yeah. potentially you, you know, you get a uh, better outcome. Wow. Um, and so I think all the rest of my life has just been like you either do it, don't do it. Yeah. And either way is fine as long as you're happy with the consequence. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you sat with that consequence. You were just weren't happy to. Did you did you see a vision of what you wanted to where you wanted to go? What was I mean, like you know, I wanted to be an all black, but yeah. it didn't <laughs> didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> um uh, but you know i think it's um it's not necessarily that there was a, a vision there but it's it's very much a um well if i don't try and if yep. i don't try and do it yeah um i don't give myself did, the opportunity to become something. did anyone like push you along and go hey of course yeah yeah people in your life yeah you're, you're, you know support helps uh, yeah. helps big time you know um from family to friends to just people who you're working with stroke at 17 that like i've never heard of anyone having a stroke at 17 was that like is that a common thing or is it nah. just a like, it's um I, I don't know how many people have yeah. strokes under under 50 but yeah. it can't be that many yeah uh percentage wise um and have you had anything since like, yeah yep yeah yeah health wise yeah, yeah. A, a couple of um yeah. other blood clots one yeah. on my neck one on my calf so Crikey. um yeah yeah so not, you have to manage that now yeah 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 that's a do or don't do. I love that, and that's very black and white, right? Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so when, you, when you look at when you look at making decisions, does, does that just come up for you? Don't do or don't do. Oh, I think we both actually um, make decisions pretty quickly, yeah. and we're either we're it's either a, a do or no, we yeah. don't do it. Yeah, um, and that comes. Yeah, I mean, that it, it, a lot of business decisions we've made over the years yeah. has basically been we we're, we're going to do it. Yeah, or we're just like no, that's not for us now. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Awesome. Um, blow me away. Mindset like that is, you know, and where it's come from. Crazy. Um, it's good that you're here. Match. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of mindset, um, I've always worked hard yeah. and um, I like being rewarded for working hard. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I think even from when I was at the bank, if you worked hard, you did get noticed and you did yeah. get rewarded. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether that was, um, you know, a bonus or a promotion or anything like that. Um, so I've always tried to do a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was young, I had like an online business when I was like 14, 30 oh, to 20 yeah, yeah. Um, on Trade Me. And that was oh, another nice. thing. I, I worked really hard at it yeah. and, um, you know, allowed me to buy some nice cars when I was young and that sort yeah, of thing. Nice. So I've always wanted to do a good job and, and yeah. be successful. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing, we have a pretty fun mindset in the office. Yeah. So we have our dance music playing pretty loud. We're, you know, we're joking <laughs> with clients on the phone. And I think consistently we don't, we don't really have bad days. Yeah. Mm. Or if we do, we kind of bring each other up. Yeah. And, um, it's so important, eh? Like to set that those intentions as well, right? Like you, you, you've got to nothing worse than like just plodding along. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I think the clients can tell when they interact with us as well. Um, so we try and have a bit of a joke with them too, and yeah. they mm. relax. We enjoy what we do. We like helping them. Yeah. Um, everything flows really well, and um, yeah. you know we've been successful because of it. I think you know what you, you talked about, about working hard. It's it's not that common. Uh, as much as it was previously, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the the work hard ethic, I think, has been lost to some degree. And I think that's where you can win in today's marketplace too. You're more resilient um, than than others. Uh, as we're another area, we, if you just don't quit, you know, 
there's a great saying that I always remember from Jim Rohn. It says, you know, he said, how do you, how do you, how do you get to the front of the buffet queue? And I thought it was kind of a trick question. He said, well, you stay in the queue. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many people today so want to leave the queue. Yeah. They see something else over here that's going to be an easy way to do it. Well, they zig over here because someone else has said, this is an easy way to do it. Well, actually, if you just stay in the queue. Well, it's like the, the grass is always greener. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side, but yeah. it's because they're throwing more shit at it. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fertilizing the it. The grass is greener where you water it, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's the end of the day. So that, that's, that, like, obviously from a mindset perspective, they're very, very strong mindsets um, to have. Do you think that really helps you uh, in business? Like, the, the, you know, when, when things don't go as good as they could, you know, because in business you have ups and downs, you know. What happens when you when you have your downs? How, obviously, you've got music playing, all that sort of stuff. How do you both bring yourselves up? Like, is it a quick chat around the uh, around the around the desk, or what, what do you guys do? Yeah, I think we catch up fairly regularly, and we've got yeah. to, we know what each other's got on and where the business is at. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes if it's just not working, we know to leave the office and yeah. maybe go out for lunch and have a chat and then yeah. get back on get back on target again. Yeah, yeah. So bouncing off each other. Mm. Yeah. yeah, real helpful. Um, uh, um, and then just, I mean, um, uh, fortunately, I don't think we've ever really had. Well, you're dealing with so many customers, right? Yeah. Like one thing can be bad on one respect, but yeah. it's never going to be bad on all, all of, them, of them. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, uh, and I think that keeps, yeah, you just can't focus on the one yeah. bad thing. It's interesting, though, because I mean, we have this in the agency, you know, mm. like you have so many different people and so many different personalities that you are, you are dealing with. And, yeah, you, you've got to be careful not to get dragged into someone else's issues and whatever mm. hole. Uh, because if you ask a few deeper questions, it's not really to do with you, but you know they can quickly drag your your team members into that. Where you've got a whole bunch of really good stuff happening over here, so that, that's a good a good takeaway that you guys you see there. Do you like who do you read books? Like, what do you when it comes to that sort of stuff to keep your mindset sharp? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I I'd, I'd say that um, uh, I read on and off uh, for fun and for yep. learning. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I read a whole, I've read a whole heap of fantasy novels recently, actually. Yep. Um, it's a, it's a dirty secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, like, as far as like mindset and things are concerned, like there's, there's basically three books that I think have really affected the way I think yep. about, uh, about things. Um, first one's Black Swan. Okay. And it's a, by an author named, uh, Nassim Tlaib. Um, uh, um, I'd, I'd highly recommend that, re- recommend that. What's um, that about? That one's about basically unpredictable things happening. Okay. Um, uh, um, yeah, and just some of the events that have happened, how, you know, trying to predict the unpredictable, yeah, yeah. if it's even possible to do yeah, so. Sure. Um, and uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, nice book. Yeah. Yeah, good book. Uh, and the last one's probably The Brain That Changes Itself. And so that was probably a real reminder that, you know, no matter how old you get, no matter how stuck in your ways you get, yeah. your brain can actually it's still pretty, you know, malleable. Yeah. You can, if you want to, you can change your mindset. You can change yeah. the way you do things. You can change whatever. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a big beast. So. Uh, I totally agree. I, I changed something last year, um, which is just around my morning routine, um, that, that allows me to get up every day just like that now. And before it was like a wee bit, and it was a simple thing. It's like, Scott, you can control the morning, control your day. So five o'clock is like, it's a breeze now. You know, is that one thing to tell my brain, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. What about you, Mitch? Um, yeah, so how to win friends and influence people? Oh, I love that book. Um, so yeah, I read it a long, long time ago. Um, it was written over eighty years ago now, yeah, yeah. but it's still relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just helps when dealing with people, how to make people feel important, how to get your point across. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, probably need to read that again, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's really good. Um, David Goggins. 
um, oh, wow. but can't yeah. hurt me, yeah, ex-Navy yeah. SEAL. Um, so, yeah, he's all about, I guess, pushing through the voice in your head, you know, yeah. get up, do, go to the gym. How many ups can you do? <laughs> Not many, actually got a busted shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, bicep kills though. So. <laughs> I mean squats. Yeah. Um, he, he, he is next level though, right? Like he certainly is a person that is pushing through pain. Like that is incredible, some of the things he has done. Yeah, so he talks a lot about not taking the path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes when maybe you're looking to take the path of least resistance, I've got his voice in my head, um, awesome. you know. Kind of makes me push forward. So, yeah, that's like been really good. It's good to have those things that you remember to allow you to, like, hey, you know, push on. I like it. Yeah, another thing he says, you, you know, you're only as good as your last result. Yep. So, you know, we might have had a good year in business last year, for example, but yeah. how do we have a better year this year? Yeah. We can't rest on that. Yeah. So, that's pretty important. That's awesome. Um, Jordan Peterson's another one I listen to a lot, psychologist. So, yep. he talks a lot about individual responsibility. Yes. Um, what can you do to make your own situation better? Yep. Um, have an image in your head of, you know, What's what's the ultimate person that I can be? Yeah, and are you working towards that? That's awesome. Mm. Personal responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah, so powerful. Man, that's some great books, guys. Thanks for sharing. Hey, so let's get to this fun stuff that you guys love doing: <laughs> racing cars. Okay, what? Why race cars? It's like super expensive. Uh, you know, <laughs> a couple of financial advisors. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> uh, no. Nah, let's talk about it because, like, I've seen your cars. You know, and what do you love about it first? Yeah, so I like the competition. I've been racing for about 15 years. I started in yep. karting. Yep. Um, pretty much done it ever since. Yep. Um, that adrenaline rush, there's not much yep. that really gives you that. You're yep. door-to-door with people. You're doing 200-plus K, yeah. you, you know, running into the same corner. Yeah. Not much gets the heart rate up like that. Yeah, so yeah. that's the number one thing for me is definitely that adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so, that, so that's just obviously, you know, that competitiveness too, right? Yeah, so it's a sense of competition. Definitely, mm. you know, don't like coming second. So Yeah, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, and so I mean it's same, same really. Like yeah, you know, competing's a a big one. Yeah. Um, but also the continuous improvement. You know, so um, uh, it's not always possible to to finish first or to beat um uh, the person in front of you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're just quicker. Yeah. Um, but if you can beat yourself from the last time that you went out, nice. um, uh, you know what's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a good day. Totally. I remember talking to Hayden. Um, who you guys will know Hayden McKnight from Mag Turbo. Um, and obviously they, they race cars and, and, but he had the same mindset, you know, how can I be better than I was, you know, like trying to take out the, the whole, who you're competing against, but I'm competing against myself at the end of the mm. day. Um, so yeah, that's been very cool. What about like, uh, you know, business, has it been good for business, you know, racing cars? Like, do you meet other people that, uh, you know, in that sort of space? Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, we've done a lot of, um, I guess we've had a lot of business out of the racetrack. Yeah. Um, mm. I guess you just go around talking to people. So you've all got yeah. the same interest. Yeah. And where else can you meet? There's like a hundred people there that you haven't met yeah, before yeah. potentially. Yeah. And talk to them and then suddenly they know what you do. Yeah. They need a loan, they give you a call. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we've got a lot of business from the racetrack. Yeah. Mm. And good group of like-minded people as well. Yeah. hundred percent. A lot of them are business owners themselves as yeah. well. Um, similar position to us, so yeah. So you don't crash one of your cars. Though, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a conversation. With you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Anything else you want to share? What else have you learned from from racing cars that you you want to share? Oh, I mean, racing cars are, is a is a mindset in on its own. Yeah, you know, like um, there's not many sports that you'll spend you know thousands of dollars, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of time prepping the car, getting it ready, and then the engine blows up in lap two. You know, um, uh, you know, you've got all this anticipation and things that you're going into it, and then you all this disappointment afterwards. Yeah. Um, uh, or something else breaks, then you've got to fix it uh, on the yeah. at, at the racetrack to kind of try and keep going. So there's not many not many sports that you have that kind of, 
I guess. Because that would be heartbreaking, right? Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> I know playing cricket, you can practice a week yeah. and you get a duck, mm. but it's not going to cost you a couple of grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I would say it's absolutely heartbreaking every single time. Yeah. But somehow you just keep, keep going, going. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and yeah, I mean, both of our cars at the moment actually are in the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Driving> <laughs> For various, no, various different things. Yeah. I mean, like mine's a mechanical, uh, mechanical problems or electrical problems. Mm. Um, Mitch's is much more severely mechanical problems, <laughs> uh, with a, with a busted gearbox. But, oh, um, no. yeah. yeah. Look, I know from, from once again with Kane and, 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 um, Hayden and also the guys from the Carter's Tires, you know, went and watched them and, one of the brothers must have driven around. They were doing the um, the the enduro. Mm. He did his ninety minutes. His brother gets in the car, does a lap, and the tire falls off. <laughs> yeah, in a car that's worth two million bucks, right? Mm. That is like talk about heartbreaking, but also that's like you know next the gross guy. Yeah, I mean but, we don't we don't quite play with those numbers, <laughs> but I can see the mindset though as well, right? Because you'd just be devastated, right? Mm. You know, waiting your turn. Yeah, you've seen your brother go zipping around having so much fun, and then you get a lap. Mm. You know? Yeah, so for me, I think um, definitely like it's not over till it's over. Never yeah. give up. I remember I was down at Highlands Park, um, would have been the start of last year. Mm. Um, had issues all weekend. I actually didn't even want to do the last race because I was that, yeah. my mindset wasn't right. I was that frustrated and disappointed, yeah. but crew would come and help me. So got in the car, put the visor down. I think I started like 26 or something like that on the grid. Just gave it everything and end up finishing fourth place. So Brilliant. Um, I was that close to not actually you know, going out yeah, for that yeah. race, but I did and drove my heart out and got a result. So And that would have helped you springboard into, into the next time you're racing, right? Because the fact that you've been brought up today, you remember it's a strong memory in, in, in what you've done. One interesting thing there is one something I want to bring up is you have to put your trust in others, right? A lot of the time you're doing motorsport, right? Yeah. You know, um, if it wasn't for other people, you wouldn't get there. You know, you know. How does how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, like obviously you have good people around you, or you know, just yeah. So I got yeah, quite a few mates that help me out a lot. Yep. Um, parents are very supportive. They come out to all my racing. Um, so I guess you know, rewarding them like after after every race meeting, I give everyone a text. Thanks for coming out, and we go and have a beer afterwards and a debrief. And yeah, yeah. you know, everyone I think they get as much out of it as what I do. So. Um, having run along for the ride, really. Nice. That's very cool. Hey, guys, this has been an interesting chat, and I've really enjoyed it. Like Some, some of the insights you guys have shared has been fantastic. I want to I leave with the viewers with a couple of more insights. Um, look, you've been in business a while. You, you know, you've worked in the corporate world. Um, you, you know, you've worked separately. Now you've worked as a, you know, as a partnership. Mm-hmm. What are some of the insights that you would share to someone who's like just starting out um, a business. What, what what are some of the things that you you wish you had known when you first started? And maybe talk about it too. Give us a couple from a partnerships perspective. You know. Yeah, sure. So I think um, one of the first things is that you, you don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. You know, everyone's got a better success story. Everyone's got a better this and that and blah blah blah. I mean, um, uh, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, yep. But you are not them. Uh, you just focus on you. Focus on what you're doing. Do it well. Yeah. Um, uh, um, don't need to compare yourself to other people. Nice. Um, do you think? Do you think like the likes of social media and stuff like that? Oh, it doesn't help. It doesn't <laughs> help. Oh. Exactly. You know, people can be bigger than they are and look so successful, yeah. but when you really look at it, they're not, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. So don't don't compare yourself to others. Great. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a good one. Um, also, um, you don't need to be first. 
Yeah. You know, you don't need to be the first to market. You know, if you if you got this idea and someone else beats you, don't get beat up about it. Yeah. Um, you can be better than them. Yeah. You know, um, uh, just because they were first doesn't mean that they're the best. Yeah. Um, you can actually copy their idea, make it a little bit better, and now you're, you know, now you'll completely destroy yeah. them, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a, another one that I see people get a little bit caught up on is being first to everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, don't need to do it. And then I think just from a, a partnership perspective, I mean, like, um, I'd like to think that we've made it work over the last five, uh, five odd years. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's probably a lot of naysayers at the start. Yep. Like, oh, you know, it's tough in partnerships, blah, blah, blah. They always yeah. end badly, whatever it might be. Um, but I think, you know, just setting a, a bit of a framework at the start yep. is, is helps. You know, like we probably do proper business catch ups once a month. Yep. Um, about the, you know, financial position, you know, uh, profit and loss, just everything. Yeah. Uh, go go through it all. Uh, it just kind of keeps everything open and honest. Um, so having that framework for open, open and honest conversation. Yeah. I think also not being afraid to have tough conversations. Like yeah. We have had to have some tough conversations, yeah. but we don't think because we've got a good relationship, we can do that. Yeah. But if something's bugging us, you know, we tell each other. Yeah. It's not always fun at the time, but it saves a bigger problem down the line. And yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest things too. So we're not sort of sitting there stewing on a problem or anything like that. Yeah. Everything's brought to the front. So. Yeah, because, because having it shared is what needs to happen, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like if you're stewing on it, someone else might have a solution. Yeah. You know, you hope. So true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if they, and if they don't, you're going to have a few more beers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anything else there? Yeah, so I think nothing. Um, if you're taking the right actions, the results will follow. Yeah. We had a period of time where we had a lot of clients mm. that were pre-approved and they weren't finding properties. And we're actually starting to sweat. And like, is, is this actually working? Yeah. But we knew that we were doing the right things. We were meeting the right number of clients. We are making the right number of calls. We are getting the loans approved. Yeah. All of a sudden, the market sort of turned, properties became available, and we settled a lot of business in a short space yeah, of time, yeah. more than made up for, you know, the previous quiet months. So stay in the queue, right? Was yeah. The, mm. yeah, 100%. You, so you said right actions, and then you get the right, was it the right? You get the results, yeah. 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 And then just that's just trusting, right? Like yeah, and I think it's going. consistency too. So I don't know, if you're posting on social media, for example, and you're looking to find some clients and you're, you're doing it all ad hoc or yeah. you're making sales calls, but you give up after the fifth call or something like that. Yeah. It's not the fifth call that's getting your, your result. No. It's the 100th call when you've yeah. been doing it for the last three yeah. months. So Yeah. Consistency is so key, right? Like just keeping on doing what you need to do day in, day out uh, and staying focused. If that's some great takeaways. You know, for me, tough conversations is huge. You've got to have those tough conversations. And the more you can have them and the earlier you can have them, the better. Mm. Um, for someone starting out, you know, like that, that could be, you know, having the tough conversations with some of your friends that's saying, hey, you know, this is not going to work, you know. Um, I also think, you know, what your conversation that you don't need to be first is a really interesting one. Um, I remember working with a client and he was first. Um, and he came to me because his marketing, it wasn't great. He was getting beaten by a competitor who had an inferior product and he was angry about it. And I said, well, you've got, you were first to the market, but you've got rubbish marketing. He's mm. got better marketing and now he's taking you over. Um, so, you know, having a, a better strategy around that doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if you're first, if someone can, if you're starting a business, don't look at, oh, that, that market's already taken. If there's people there and you can be more innovative, you can, you can win. So um, it's great. Hey guys, I really appreciate this. This has been, this is great to have this chat with you guys. We've added uh, some really cool value. Is there anything you'd want to, want to say um, before, before we finish? And also I want you to, to shout out where people can get hold of you um, and how they can transact some business with you guys. 
Yeah, so I'd just like to say finance isn't as scary as what people think. Um, we're here to help and you know we can take you right from the start, no matter what your knowledge is, um, through to achieving your dreams. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's been yeah it's been good to be on the um, uh, the show actually. It's nice. been, uh, been fun. Uh, been a so how first time get, for me. How do people get hold of you? Um, so get us on the website. So website is nineyardsfs.co.nz, yep. and it's nine the digit. Um, uh, well, 0800 number is 0800 nine yards. Awesome. Um, uh, it's nice and easy to get us. So. Very easy. But we'll put that in the show notes as well. Guys, appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Uh, look forward to come and see you guys race one day when, you, when your cars are out of the garage. Yeah. Um, and no doubt, uh, hey, we might even have a round of golf one day. <laughs> um, appreciate your time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, till next time, we'll see you soon again on the Marketing for Business podcast. Cool. Hi, Schools, and here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time and have a great day.